Thank you for tuning in to this message from Kingdom Ears International, headquarters located in Flagstaff, Arizona. Are you guys excited? I just feel spiritually there's this life uh, that is going to begin to be made manifest. Uh, that's the best way to explain it. It's um, There's something that's being released, even though we say financial meeting. The best way for me to explain that is in the church age, that just meant like this boring, mundane, yes, I don't really want to hear all the numbers, and I probably am not going to understand all the numbers, but I really kind of want to know what's going on behind the scenes because... I can't quite tell if I trust the church age. I want to act like I'm involved, but I'm really not involved. So I'm just going to come and then we're going to leave. Well, legally, once a year, we have to have a financial meeting. But my job as a mom is to raise everyone in the way that they should go as an apostle, as a leader, as a daughter of the Most High God, that I would make finances as real as possible so that our family is operating at its full potential. If you guys have a home and you have children, you don't just pay the bills. I mean, I would hope that we would raise up our sons and daughters. You don't just pay the bills and they just have this mindset of like, God just provides. And there's no intentionality. There's no kingdom mindset. There's no teaching. There's no multiplication. All of a sudden they go to college and it's like, wait, I got to pay for gas? There's no ownership. There's just, well, mom and dad did it for me. Now there's an aspect that I really hope you guys can hear my heart because there's an aspect that I believe that he's a good father. And when you're at a certain age, he's going to provide those miracles because he's a miracle worker. So when my children are young, they're going to be fed. They don't have to work for their food. But when they go to college, my goal is that I would be made manifest in them and they would multiply the skills so that they then could take ownership and provide their own miracle. Now, hear my heart when I say that. I'm not saying operate outside the Father. I'm saying multiply what the Father gave you. I am not saying in the new era it's all up to you, but it is now up to you because you are going to take what he's given you and you're going to dispense everything that he has. Because the church age says, God, keep doing it for me. I know you did it once and for all 2,000 years ago, but it wasn't enough. Can you keep giving me a miracle Why I sit on my butt and never have to do anything and I never have to steward anything and I can keep being a renter and I don't have to own anything and I don't have to have any responsibility, but can I have all the freedom in the world? The new era says sons and daughters will mature to mother and father to be able to dispense what it is that he's given, given you. Does that make sense? So there's a couple of things that we're going to do. I have an assignment tonight. We have an assignment tonight. I don't know what this is going to look like. When Gabe said that we uh, are going to begin to transform, uh, finances becoming real. What this is, and if anybody wants it, does anybody want seed? Okay. Go ahead and hand this out. What this is, is a prophetic act of being able to understand that what you've been freely given just because you showed up. Live, I love you, but there is something about the local body coming together where we get to dine and feast that does something different that you just can't get over a computer screen. And I say that boldly because we have a mantle to reach the masses, and part of that is using the tools that he's given us, which is like Facebook or podcasts. At the same time, there's something that comes when we dine with one another another when you are physically together, right? And I'm saying that boldly because I'm doing online school and I want to punch the computer screen in the face. 
because I have 60 kids in my home all day long and I just want to dwell with each other, right? So part of this is just coming from a filter of can we please shut down the computer screens all while I'm honoring that I absolutely love the internet. I love you Facebook Live and I love our podcast. It is absolutely beautiful. Sally has a huge uh, testimony where she has... um, been given a word and then I'll ask her to go back to a word and she'll start listening on podcasts and she gets greater revelation the second, third, fourth time she's eaten it, right? There's some flavors. The first time you eat Brussels sprouts, you're like, I didn't really like that. Try it again. Try it roasted. Try it with garlic. Try it as an appetizer. Try it with butter, right, Dan? Salt. Try it with salt. I Trust me, you're going to love Brussels sprouts. There's a difference when you begin to ingest some things that you haven't ingested the first time. So um, my point in saying all of that is that you have these, uh, this money in your hand. Because you showed up, he handed you something that you did not earn. It is not yours. The money that is in your hand is not yours but it was freely given and now it's in your ownership. You are free to take that and you are free to leave with it. You are free to use it. You are free to uh, trade however you feel to trade with that. It's a prophetic act of saying, I wanna take what wasn't mine and I wanna sow into, I wanna trade into a revelation because when I do that, I'm creating, when when we talk about trading floors and the reason why we throw it on the floor is because there's a couple things that happen with this, but what's happening is is you're actually reversing what Lucifer did. If you read in Ezekiel 28 where it's talking about the king of Tyre, it says because of your trade, because you, took, because you took heaven's revelation and trade it for your own gain. So what we get to do as his sons and daughters is we get to reverse the trade and say, now what could be for my own gain, I'm going to trade it on the floor to be able to receive heaven's revelation for something that's bigger. So what's happening is when you throw it on the floor, you're actually creating a pathway. What I mean by that is, is as a daughter, I can stand here and I've got two paths. I can continue to trade with Lucifer and I will end up on a, traje- on a trajectory, right? Just a little trade. Remember when Gabi did the point? So I'm here, just a little, just a little trade. I'll just keep that. I'll just, I'll just trade heaven's revelation for my own gain. Just, just today. And then all of a sudden you find yourself continuing to trade and you're all the way over in a different area. Well, we have an opportunity to trade and now say what could be for my own gain, I lay it down to pick up a greater revelation. And now we're trading. So every time you trade into a kingdom principle, you are reversing the curse of what Lucifer took in the garden. I don't want to get into that teaching because it's a lot tonight. We have a lot to cover, but I do want to talk about this concept of trading. I want us to be a family that is so excited about giving that when Amber and Jason say, you have an opportunity to tithe, offering, whatever it may be, first fruits, there's so many different ways to give. I mean, if you're in the, guys, that's all Old Testament. You want to get in the New Testament, I'm really going to scare you. Sell your house and give it all. Because Old Testament's 10%, New Testament's 100%. Nothing's yours. Everybody goes, by the grace of God, I don't have to give anything. Read Acts. It's harder in a good deathly way because you get more life. So what I mean by that is we have an assignment. I don't know what this looks like, but we decided to take our own finances that's real 
not necessarily a prophetic act, but a real act. And what I feel we're going to do in the spirit is we're going to begin to show an example. The oil runs down of what this looks like to trade. So I would hope that I've said something that's life-giving. But when this is up here, he's going to grab. And when I say something that he says, I want to trade into that, he's going to throw it on the, the floor to be able to trade and reverse and say, I want that. And that's my path to get to what she just said. And vice versa, when he says something, it's the same thing when you go, amen, or something bears in your way, or you get the goosebumps, trade something. It does not have to be finances. It could be, I mean, kids have given their hair, and then they have hair growing out of their skin. I mean, it could, whatever you feel he's asking you, what it looks like for your family to reverse what Lucifer took in your bloodline at the garden is what you lay down. It's going to cost you something. So typically when we bring up finances, that's when it gets all weird because that's where it costs you. Okay? So what's going to happen is, is it's going to be a prophetic act on our part to begin to trade in. And depending on what this looks like, it may even be traded into, uh, into you guys. Like if we do Q&A or discussion, that's at least what I saw in our assignment. I don't know what that's going to look like. But we want to begin the, the new era kingdom finances where we begin to move our prophetic acts. Catch this in the spirit because I'm going to talk about something. You, we are going to move into the prophetic acts into the reality of action. Okay? So there are prophetic acts that we've done that say, I'm going to prophetically make a statement that this is what I'm believing for. And we're going to begin to make a shift where we say, and I'm really going to actually do the prophetic act. I'm going to make it reality. He's going to make it reality. So while I would say I have this... Before and I'm like, yes, I want that. Then from my reality is to say, I want to make that prophetic act a real act and begin to take my finances and throw it down on the sea of glass, which is a trading floor to reverse what Lucifer did so I can have heaven's revelation, right? He took heaven's revelation and then he traded it for his own good. So I'm going to take what could be for my own good and I'm going to lay it down and that's my trade to actually receive the realness of heaven's revelation versus stealing heaven's revelation. Is this making sense? Okay. I want to expand on the, the definition of trading. I just want to put it out there so that we can wrap our heads around everything that we could possibly be trading in. And when you talk about trading, it basically means in the scripture what you occupy yourself with for the sake of personal gain. Okay, anything you occupy yourself with. Okay, now think about this. Let me just throw out pornography for an example. If I occupy myself with pornography for some personal benefit, I'm trading with it. Yes. Okay, it, it could be anything. I'm trading that you're not. It, amen, come on. I just want to make sure you guys didn't think I was trading into, <laughs> yes, pornography. <laughs> but listen, this is the other thing too, because when you look at Ezekiel 28 and you read about the, the, the richest, most wealthiest, yes. biggest trading city in the world, which was Tyre, what happened when it fell because of its pride and its arrogance and its dishonest trading, what yeah. happened was all the cities that were dependent upon it also fell at the same time. Yep. Okay, yeah. so if you occupy yourself with something that is not concerned with not your own personal gain, but heaven's revelation, and people are depending on you, when you fall, those people will fall as well. Yep. 
because of what you're trading with. Okay, trading isn't a bad thing. It just depends on what you're occupying yourself with and what you're trading. Does that make sense? Trading isn't bad. Trading is good. But yes. in, in, the, in the negative sense, when you're trading for your own personal gain at the expense of heaven's strategy or heaven's revelation, that's when you will fall and the things that depend on you will also fall. Amen? That was a heavy word. It is showing you that your trade means something. This is how you get out of personal gain. Your trade affects your community. Your trade affects your legacy. Your trade affects your inheritance. Your trade affects your friends, your family, your, your bloodline. Guys, this is a real thing. It can be so easy to come here, eat pizza, and be like, I want a good word. This is, and, and you guys know we're just crazy, this is life or death. Yeah. It's always life or death. Because I'm talking about trading with um, Luciferan seed versus kingdom seed. It's why we have evil in the world. The more evil that gets exposed is because they have chosen to continually trade with a reptilian seed, the garden, okay? There's a trade or an exchange that begins to happen. But as sons and daughters, we can trade with heaven's seed, which actually reverses that. So if we stay back and go, there's so much evil around us. We're the answer to combat that by reversing the traits. Yeah. Amen? Because it me it's more than just it's more than just for you. So I want to, I kind of I obviously I went a little out of order when we were talking about trade. But um, one of the things that I wanted to just kind of release prophetically, there's a few things that we're gonna do, and we're just gonna release the word and then we're gonna get into the financial meeting. And then how many of you are actually here because you guys heard that there's a big announcement? Nobody wants to admit it. <laughs> uh, I did say that there's a couple people that can. Um, anyways, I'm, I'm super excited. At the end of all of this, we are going to announce some things and be able to express where we're going and what it means and what's happening. But part of what I want to talk about also tonight, just so you guys understand, I think Gabe mentioned we're in the month of Elul, right? The next month is when we have Rosh. Well, it's actually, I'm going to say it wrong. It's actually pronounced Rosh Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah. I'm like, Rosh Hashanah? I, like, I could not. I'm like, there's not two ends. I could not figure it out. It's not Rosh Hashanah. Anyways, the point is, is that we are in the month of Elul. The king is in the field. It means that he actually leaves his place of kingship. He leaves his throne and he meets you in your workplace. So catch what's going on here. What I want you guys to understand about the month of Elul is I want you guys to understand that the month of Elul is a preparation month for what's about to come. So the church age did not teach you this. And this is what is so heartbreaking because this is so important. But the month of Elul is the month that we prepare for a huge prophetic fall feast. Let me say it this way. How many of you guys do Christmas? Did do Christmas? does do wherever. You guys understand Christmas. How many of you believe that the month of November is a pretty big preparation month? Maybe December. For some of you, it's July. 
right? But there is a preparation to feast. There's a preparation for Thanksgiving. There's a preparation for all the family time. What I'm wanting to shift our mindsets is to understand that we don't wait till December to celebrate. The fall feasts begin next month, and the month of Elul is a preparation month for all the fall feasts that are coming. The reason why it doesn't seem exciting, or at least it doesn't look like your faces are excited, is because I don't believe that we understand what that means. So let me just take you through a very quick, are you guys okay if I just take you through a really quick Hebraic feast thing? Okay. We are asked to observe or rehearse seven feasts. There are, there are many feasts, but there are seven that even Yeshua walked in on this earth. He followed those feasts, okay? The reason why this is important, a lot of us might say, but we are not under the law, so that is done away with. He said, he did not say, I did away with the law. He said, I came to fill it up and make it real to you. All it is, is if you understand Passover, which is Pesach, you're gonna understand the cross. If you don't understand leaving Egypt, you're not going to understand what's coming. So the point is, is to know where you've been, where you are, and where, you go, where you're going gives you the full story of the kingdom. That's why this is important. So in the beginning of the year, there are the spring feast. It's Passover, right? You guys have heard, we've talked about Passover. There's, um, there's unleavened bread, which we've not talked about very much. And then there is the uh, first fruits, which we've talked a little bit about. Then you get into Shavuot, which is the Feast of Weeks, which is Pentecost. The reason why I'm saying Shavuot is because the church changed the name to Pentecost, but it is Shavuot. They had been celebrating what we know today as Pentecost forever. And it's a prophetic sign back then of what was to come on Shavuot. Shavuot. Are you guys understanding what I'm saying? So the feasts were a prophetic sign of what actually happened. Passover, right, is the blood over the doorpost, right? They were freed from slavery. They were taken out of Egypt, okay? It is a prophetic picture of the Last Supper of him with his disciples, okay? The Feast of Weeks, and, and, and maybe I shouldn't get into this, but the Feast of Weeks had been celebrated all the way up until Pentecost, okay? So the Feast of Weeks happens, then Pentecost happens, right? What I'm saying to you is, is that the fall feast, which is Rosh Hashanah, tr which is trumpets, atonement, and tabernacles, those feasts are prophetic. They have not been fulfilled on the earth. I don't think I'm making sense. Okay. So what we, so what I'm saying is, is Hebrews that celebrated Passock, Passover, were prophetically, were prophetically understanding Yeshua on the cross. We as a people get to celebrate tabernacles, which is Sukkot, Sukkot, which is a prophetic act of when he comes and dwells with us. Tabernacles is a fall feast that means things like this. It means provision. It means full dwelling. He is in you and he dwells with us. He is coming back, right? 
but that has not happened yet. So these fall feasts are to be a symbolic uh, prophetic act of what the reality is going to be. So the reason why these are so important is like when I was talking about with the finances, there's an aspect that there are prophetic acts that we're gonna do, and then we are going to transform them into reality. So the feasts are a prophetic picture of the whole story of what was, what happened, and what is to come. And we get to operate in that. And yet the church age has not taught us that. We don't even know about the fall feasts. We don't know about Rosh Hashanah. We don't know about the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. We don't know, we don't know about tabernacles and Sukkot. We don't understand that they celebrated that way before Yeshua. And we get to celebrate those feasts because of what's to come. So my point in saying all of that is that the month of Elul is a preparation month for you to walk in your prophecy, to walk in the reality of what's to come. That's an exciting time. We get excited about holidays that America has taught us about that mean absolutely nothing. In fact, they're pagan. They are opposite of the scripture, completely opposite. And yet we know nothing about the feast, which is you being able to activate the prophecy that he's coming. Not only that, we're, these, these feasts, we're commanded to keep these feasts, to celebrate these feasts. There's, a, there's an actual commandment to celebrate these feasts. And we don't have time to necessarily get into it because many of you may say, but that doesn't make sense because in Yeshua, I'm a Gentile, I'm not a Jew, but it has nothing to do with Jew or Gentile because we know that when he comes, it's neither Jew nor Gentile. And the point is, is that the Gentiles need to wake up to understand that we are the ones that have the light because it won't be until the Jewish people are able to be able to see the light that he will return. So there's something we need to get. And while we've been deceived, we're saying to ourselves, Gentiles, none of that matters. It absolutely matters because the one new man coming forth is going to come from Jew and Gentile, no longer a house being divided. We're going to stay divided if we stay as Gentiles saying, that's not for me. And Jews going, well, I don't know what light you think you have. I'm the one that has the answer. And we're over here like, actually, you missed it. We got it. You're part of the problem. That's not the gospel. But the church age says it's about the church. It's about the church being the light. Go be an evangelist. Not that you're not supposed to be an evangelist, but to who and to what? And what are you carrying? Remember so, the ministry of reconciliation? That's exactly what it's talking about. That's exactly what it's about. So my point saying all of that is we just don't want to ignore the opportunity that we've got some fun things coming up. It's prophetic, it's a prophetic season that we get to walk through and it is a prophetic time of being able to understand what it is that's coming. How many of us would want to uh, feast? All that means is it's obviously a time of celebration, it's a time of gathering, it's a time of food, and it is a time of rehearsal. It is a time to rehearse what's to come. So during Passover, we rehearse and are reminded of what he's done for us. During Sukkot, I think I'm saying that right, tabernacles, we get to rehearse that he will dwell with us. That's what we get to walk into. And I'm bringing that up because there's something about us entering into a season that is prophetic, that is going to become real, that has to do with our finances. 
It is a month of preparation to be able to walk in the prophetic to make what's prophetic real. And we're transforming the prophetic into reality today. And we are going to release tonight how we've been transformed so that we are walking in a reality and not just talking about it anymore. That's what I mean by all of this. We're not just going to keep talking about what we want to do. We're not just going to keep talking about that we need to do something. It's the reality that we're actually doing it. And is that not kingdom? That we're not just sitting around waiting anymore for someone else to do it, but he's saying you do it. You've been empowered, right? So I just wanted to bring up that I find it interesting. None of this is planned behind the scenes except for through uh, Ruach HaKadosh, right? That we would have our first ever, this is our first ever financial meeting in the new era. It is also going to be live. We have hidden for a long time and everybody was freaking out. Mom, are you sure? We've never, we've never gone live. We're going live. We're going live because it is time to use our mouth. We are in the decade of pay. It is time to get loud. It is time to be able to reveal what Yahweh has done and what, and what he's empowered us to do and where we're going. So tonight is an exciting night because it's our first financial meeting in the new era. It also, like Gabe said, is the first time that we're going to be kind of just switching some things. I don't know if that necessarily matters to you. It's still a year, but it's a fiscal year. And the reason for that is because of the level of integrity that we're walking in. So that's why we've had two this calendar year. We had one in March because we wanted to show you all of 2019. Tonight, we're going to show you everything again. And then we're going to just basically be showing you the last six months to get us caught up so that next year we can do this again. How amazing is it that Yahweh set it up that as a family, we would have a financial meeting with our fiscal year ending in July 2020 to enter into the year of preparation to celebrate the new year, Rosh Hashanah, to walk in a level of prophecy of what's to come. We did not plan that. We get to be a part of that. This is not just a financial meeting, but by the Spirit, there is something that is happening that even in our own finances, our personal finances, that there is something that's going to begin to match on the inside if you grab a hold of this. Remember when I said have an encounter before you come here? What I meant by that was not literally have an encounter and try to figure out what Friday night's going to look like. What I mean is, is that this is a spirit-to-spirit revelation. This is a frequency thing. You tap into this frequency. You don't need to listen to my voice at all. You have caught it by a frequency. You walk in that frequency. You start dispensing the frequency that was released. Yes? Law of attraction. So what I'm saying by that is, is that we are in a, a, a prophetic season where we're going to be able to uh, begin to dispense some things that are coming from the inside we didn't even know was there. And it's going to start transforming our world around us. Amen? All right. No, you can do that. So one of the things that's interesting about this is we've been we've been feeling a an urge to kind of restructure some things and something that's been kind of a manifestation of uh, prophetic words spoken over how we operate from two or three years ago. So when she talks about the Father is creating a structure for us to operate from. He's creating a platform for us to launch from. And what's happening is the way that he's calling us to operate is matching that. So part of, the, part of this 
meeting is is being able to convey that part of how Apostle Tanya and I are going to operate from now on is that God has called me for a couple years now to step in a to, to walk in the way that I see him walking as he creates a platform for us to co-create. That he's calling me into more of a role of being behind the scenes, creating a platform, creating a structure for sons and daughters to launch from, for the bride to launch from. And so that's part of this meeting is that those all of those things are converging. They're all coming into alignment. And so part of the way that you're going to see us walking differently is that I'm going to begin operating in a different fashion, more behind the scenes, more uh, creating opportunities, co-creating with him. That's just going to roll downhill and multiply. Does that make sense? Basically, what he's trying to say is, is when I released the crazy revelation about Ruach in the new era, he goes, I just have a feeling you might be more at the forefront than you ever have before. He's like, I really feel like you're leading the way because he's ultimately operating at a a foundational level. Can I, I'm just going to say a couple things that might make you excited. Um, If, I don't know if Sally and Derek are listening, if somebody could text them if they want to join in on live or maybe they'll get this later. But this is exciting. This is the type of stuff that goes on our home. He goes, I really want to have a weekly business meeting with business owners. That's where my heart is. I want to lay a foundation to where financially we are secure to launch the body, our sons and daughters, to not be dependent on finances, but to be completely flourishing in finances so that they can operate in the things that that you always ask them to operate in. So instead of the typical, well, I'm going to preach every Sunday, he's like, I want to get the business leaders together because I want to impart some kingdom principles into them so they can go out and multiply and vice versa. Those are the type of things that are going on. So we kind of feel like he's this like underground foundational thing. I think Gabe said it at one point. He's kind of like in the basement just being like, what is wrong with that? He's like the root level. Like you need to change that. Like he's all in, and I'm like up, up like I'm, I'm just high <laughs> on the top of the house. Like what's going to come? <laughs> so, dude, yeah, don't you see it? And he's over here like, get your stuff together. <laughs> making sure that it does the house doesn't collapse. So he's always said that he wants to provide an environment to be able to uh, make sure that the bride can be out in the forefront and to flourish. Is that not a kingdom principle in itself? That the father, hear my heart, would take a back seat, if you will, and give you the power through Ruach to be able to manifest everything he's given you. Now the church age has had it very backwards, right? Women, sit down, be quiet, do not usurp, do not lead. The man is to do all of that, right? And yet the father gave his sons and daughters the power to, get, to, to, ha- to walk in that inheritance. And so there's an aspect that uh, when we're releasing vision and all of that kind of stuff, just wanting to kind of give the overall picture of what it is that he's doing. And what I mean by that is that the season that it's taken for our family as a whole to come from a place of that. Did you guys hear what I just released? We came from that all the way to this, and while you see it manifesting before your eyes because I've been given a voice, you're also going to see it manifest before your eyes. 
okay? Because in a home, the glory in the home is, is the, mo- the mother, the manager. I'm, I'm just trying to be as practical as, am I okay to do that? So it's like, you've got the father who works. That does not mean that, ha- you guys understand what I'm saying? Because I work full-time. <laughs> so that's not, I'm not saying, but there's an aspect where he foundationally is releasing provision and there's me over the family that's raising sons and daughters and I am maneuvering and being strategic with the provision and doing something with it. I don't sit in the back and have the provision come in and go like, where's my food? He brings the provision and I'm cooking the meal. Not, I mean, he cooks and I provide too. I'm just saying, neither male nor female, hear my heart, right? But what I'm saying is that there's an aspect where the father is going to begin to be the miracle worker that he's been. He's gonna provide for you and now he's gonna say, can you cook the meal that I've given you? Can you start to be strategic with what I've given you so you can reach the ends of the earth? Because I asked you to do it. I did my part, now take your part. That's all that's happening. I did my part, you do your part, amen? So that's what's happening. So as you've seen us transform over the last five years, breaking off mindsets, as little as we can't go live, I'm scared, right? Just mindsets of I'm allowed to talk. I mean, I remember one of the first times I was asked to preach, it was like, now I'm like, give me the mic. Right? You've watched us transform and you're going to see the finances follow. This is why I want to release this uh, prophetically because a lot of times when we start talking about finances, people are like, it will follow the spirit. It follows your voice. It follows your freedom. It obeys you. We've been told before that you need to obey finances. Right? You're subject to finances. Whatever comes in is what you get to do, right? No, finances are going to do what I tell it to do. And I'm gonna tell it where to go. And I'm gonna tell it what to trade into. And I'm gonna tell it how it's gonna multiply. Because there's strategy to this. And we're gonna begin to maneuver and manage and mother and father. And we're gonna begin to see the finances just flow based on the new era that we're walking in. So when we start releasing about being co-creators and creating a garden, what do you think I'm talking about? Yes, you will create a garden. And yes, you will raise people from the dead. And yes, you will multiply millions. Amen. Some people might be like, oh, you guys are weird. You're You're out there. This is just basic basic right the father is seated in a position and he sends us out two by two to go to the ends of the earth right we're mirroring do what you see your father doing we're mirroring that we are always a reflection of what's going on in heaven which is why i brought up the feasts the feasts have been fulfilled in heaven but a third of them the second half of them i should say have not but we can walk in a direct reflection of what heaven is saying. So I'm being very real. If you are sitting here today and your checking account is very low, that is a fact. That's not truth. There are facts that are gonna combat the truth I'm giving you and you are going to have to learn to own that it's low. If you want to own the millions, you need to own why it's low. 
So if you're full of debt and you don't have anything, what have you been saying? Because if I say you're going to create out of a frequency, finances are also going to attract to a frequency. What have you been occupying yourself with? What have you been trading with? Now, I'm not saying this because I, like, know how to do it. (laughs) But I'm learning and I'm being trained very radically. Very, very radically. I mean, it's like, get it, daughter. (laughs) And so what I'm saying to you is in my past, this is personal story. In our past, he was a miracle worker. Always provided for. Hey, should we get pregnant? My parents do not think I should get pregnant and I have not graduated from college. So what do you think? Let me fast for three days. Yahweh says, get off birth control. You're gonna take care of that one, right? Yes. All of a sudden health insurance rolls in. What? Miracle worker, cause he's the miracle worker. Okay, I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna be personal here. Fast forward, Jalen's how old? 15. Fast forward 15 years. Obviously, when we got on staff, if you will, we lost insurance. We've had no insurance for the last uh, two years. We've just been, we've been walking without insurance. In the last month, I have seen more miracles. You guys have to hear my heart when I say this. I've seen more miracles come into my family because of my hands. Through him, through training, You own and you figure it out. So while before the miracle worker was so awesome, it also afforded me to hide in my room and escape and isolate and say, are you going to take care of that? Now he's saying, get out of your room, use your voice, do what I've asked you to do, start speaking to it. I start speaking to it and all of a sudden, we have medical insurance, full medical insurance. You want to know why? Because a brochure came in and I thought I'm going to call. Normally I wouldn't call because I hate paperwork. And I don't want to call anyone and I don't want to talk to them and I don't want to have to get all my taxes and I don't want to have to file and I don't want to have to deal with it. So you know what? We're just going to, I dealt with it. They approved us for full medical. I'm like, what just happened? Miracle worker. Yes. But he said, put your hands on it. There's so many things. I decided to blast on fate. I hope this is okay. We're live. I started a blast, and you don't think I should do that? When I started, I already went there. I started a blast on Facebook about how we're gonna put our son in private school. I got demolished. You wanna know why I got demolished? Because of what's being released in the spirit right now. I was told, you don't ask. You wanna know what it says? Ask and you shall receive. You ask every single time. And because I was bold, I have people seeking me out to give Sean money. The people who are seeking me out are pioneers of the school themselves. So not only did they sow into the school to provide an atmosphere for my middle schooler to get healed years ago, are now financially sowing in right now, seeking me out. I didn't ask them for their tax donation. They emailed me and said, what do I need to do? It's just coming in because I asked. I got bold. So so my point is, is we're going to begin to see some things flow because there's some things that are beginning to happen because he's asking his sons and daughters to do something about it. Yeah. <laughs> Take someone else's money and, like, yes. <laughs> I, yes. 
<laughs> this is for my own trade. I'm going to keep doing it because here's what happens. It's going to cost you something. It cost me my time. It cost me looking at stuff. It cost me looking at my mishaps. It cost me looking at my pile papers. It cost me going into my office. It cost, it cost me having to figure, not figure it out, but be strategic and be intentional. It's moving from renter to owner. If you own it, it's going to cost you, but it is going to flow in like you've never seen before. Why? Because he can trust you to build a garden. Yeah. He wants you to trade in the kingdom things. Right? Word? All right. Amen? You guys ready to do this financial meeting? Oh my gosh. We need to, we better hurry up. Okay, where's my clicker? Okay, like I said, it's a million slides. We're gonna be awesome, supernatural timing. I'm creating time right now. Here's the point. This financial meeting is going to be totally inundated with a bunch of numbers. My job is for you to understand these numbers. So while those that are on live, this is the first time we're going live, you're probably not going to be able to see the presentation. It doesn't matter. If you're listening on podcast right now, catch this by the spirit that there is something that this family's operating in you've never seen before. And you need to hear what we're saying. So even though you may not be able to see the presentation, my job is to create the story and for you to be able to understand the numbers, whether you can see it or not. Make sense? All right, Let's see if I can do this. All right, first of all, let me introduce our board. Somebody asked me who's on our board, and they were a leader. <laughs> they were a board member. <laughs> <laughs> that could actually be, never mind. Okay, CEO, right? Chief visionary, dad, apostle, right? Son of the most high God, husband, amen? CFO, Chief Financial Officer, President. Let me explain why. In the church age, you knew elder, board, right? And the board and the elders would fight because the elders say, we need to take over the world. And the board goes, we have no money. Well, we said spiritually we're supposed to take over the world. And the board said, yeah, but you don't have any money. So then they would fight. People would leave the church and then they would get all frustrated about finances. And we were never a family because it was all about money. It's like an immature marriage. That was us in our marriage in the beginning. Yes. I want to do he this. Would come we can't because we don't have any money. Absolutely. This is so good. <laughs> Growth. <laughs> we are not Maturity. there anymore. Maturity. So early in our marriage, he had nothing to do with the finances. He was the elder and he said, I want pizza. I'm the man of the house. I said, sorry, we have no money for pizza. I should be allowed to make decisions. Well, then maybe you should help with the finances. That was our marriage. Come on now. Seriously. And it was a constant fight because I was emasculating him. I'm the man. Well, then be one. Who wears the pants and all this? <laughs> all the while we got spiritually attacked. Who wears the pants in your house? And he would be like, she probably does. <laughs> I totally wear pants, but he wears bigger ones. All right. That's how we work. So here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. Now he says, I'm going to get my family pizza. Why? Ownership. Our office is now a detective room with financial strategy. His face is all up in the finances to the point where our roles have reversed. He says, I want to buy another house. I go, whatever. Our, our, our bigger pants. 
bigger pants. We used to fight about receipts and pizza. Now he wants to buy cars and houses. And I'm like, whatever. This is what you guys get. If you're fighting about pizza, you are going to fight eventually about all the properties you're going to have to deal with. Trust me, it is a fight when you have more properties, but it's, it's, it's maturity. Okay. My point, I was trying to introduce the board. Chief Financial <laughs> Officer, I'm the inner workings of strategically saying, how does this engine run? He's the visionary. This is where we need to go. Well, this is the engine that's going to get us there. Here's the thing. We can't fight or you guys are in a really bad family. So while we were attacked in the beginning to say, you guys are doing a, a coup and a takeover and you're trying to get all the authority, it's a covenant relationship that is proven that if we fight and split up, we've got a lot bigger problems on our hands. Before it was elder and, and um, board, and there was nothing that tied it together because there was no covenant. We're learning how to operate that way because the example is literally a marriage. So now as the chief elder of the organization and the financial officer, we are bound to have to come together in unity to get this car going, right? Whereas before it was like a side engine and a side car and vision, and then it was just and the car fell apart, amen? All right, we have an amazing team on the board. Uh, we have um, Tyler, Gabe, Amber, Gabby and John. You guys know that? That's our board. And uh, so I just want to honor Gabby is not here tonight, but she is like number queen. How she gets up here and teach, she can just run through numbers, run reports, and, and just do some amazing things. John's vice president. We've got Gabe, who is the, is the backing of this beautiful financial thing. And then you've got the crazy one that is the president for whatever reason. Amber is our secretary, so she constantly is having to take minutes and notes to make sure that we're on top of everything. And I mean, I just want you guys to know we are a family, but there's some behind the scenes stuff, right? When your kids eat every night, they have no idea what you were doing at midnight. I want you guys to know what we're doing at midnight, okay? And then did I, did I get everyone? Yeah. Yeah, okay. 7.53. All right. Oh, my goodness, you guys. Okay, so basically all we're going to be going over is what was happening in that year. I'm going to be presenting a year. We're going to go over what was happening. We're going to go over numbers, and we're going to just go over weekly comparison. Okay. We're just going to – I told Gabe, don't get offended because this is a beautiful presentation, but I'm not gonna spend time on this because we really don't need to go back to 2016. But what I do wanna do is I wanna paint a picture of where we were. Is that okay? We don't need to go over the numbers, but we're gonna go over the picture. Sound good? Okay, I'm gonna try to do this as best as I can. What was happening? Just so you guys know, 2015, the car crashed. Engine completely blew up, car separated, wheels went over there. I don't even know what happened to the car. I mean, it just blew up. So 2016, that's a really nice way, found our footing. We were just trying to find some body parts. That's all 2016 was. Who are we, why are we, and what car are we gonna drive, and what do we do, okay? We tried to settle into a new structure. We tried to put things in order. There was a lot of things that, I mean, car crash, there was a lot of things that had to be put in order, specifically with finances. Books were just absolute chaotic, money missing, uh, negative accounts in, in uh, about, I mean, negative numbers. It, it just was, it was not, it was not good. Okay, 
We had to restructure admin roles to try to figure out what was going on to deal with some of the things that were out of order. For example, this is what happens when somebody says, I want pizza and you don't have money, you don't get pizza. So a lot of what was happening was there was a lot of outgoing and there wasn't anything there and there were some decisions that were having to be made that we had to kind of restructure some things. Make sense? All right, so all this is is a bunch of numbers. We had a lot of debt. That's what I want you guys to look at. Look at that. After one year, the financial meeting in 2015 would have blew your mind. I don't even know if there was one. In one year, we were able to get to a positive amount. Okay, that's all we want to say about that. All this was saying was that there was income. We decided to match what the income was so that we could, so that we could be functional. This is just a beautiful picture saying at the end of the year, we had $38,000 in the checking account. Here's what I will tell you. When I first took over the books, it was negative 40000 Okay? Now, not necessarily. There was, I think, a dollar. It wasn't literal, but in the actual books when I'm talking. Anyways. Things didn't match up. I am a reality person. These numbers are real, guys. I mean, real to the T. Because financial meetings that give you projections and budgets and all that sense doesn't really matter if it's not real. So even though we would say this is what the uh, printout would say, if it's not real, it didn't matter to me. So our printouts did not match reality and I wanted to find out and we did find out within one year and we got it in order, okay? 2017, what was happening? Well, attendance began to settle. We started to kind of come into an ebb and a flow. Okay, remember 2017, we really focused on debt reduction. Remember those big giving first fruits? Let's get out of this building. Let's just give a ton of money because we were $300,000 in debt that was inherited. Okay, that's what we focused on all of 2017. With that, we did establish salaries. The first salary that was established besides administration, this whole time, of course, you guys know from beginning of leadership all the way up to 2017, we worked for free. And this was the first time that Apostle Justin was appointed to be able to get a salary. Amen? I think that, that's a, I think that that was a powerful thing. So we established some salaries in 2017. We implemented the first fruits giving, giving all that had to do with, um, remember we had that big old conference? We were doing some church stuff. <laughs> we were like, we're gonna take this thing and we're gonna keep the church era going. It's gonna be awesome. We're gonna have a conference and it's gonna be totally successful and we are gonna get our finances in order. Amen? And we, we began to travel. All right, here's some cool numbers. Uh, income went up, why? Because we were focusing on debt reduction. Because actually our attendance went down. The initial crash and then things were exciting and then it was like, oh, this is work. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's dwindle this down now, right? Because it's like, oh, no, no, no. If you're gonna be part of this family, I'm not gonna build the car. We're all gonna build the car. And it was like, <laughs> I came here for Sunday morning shot in the arm. Right? So 2017, things began to settle, but our giving shot up because we were all focused on a, uh, a vision. Get rid of this building. Yeah. Amen? All right. Well, our expenses went up. I'm going to tell you why. The expenses, well, we did have a salary, but that was matched with our incoming. The expenses went up because we overpaid on our mortgage a lot. We kept making overpayments because our goal was to get it, get it to go. So you're going to see our debt um, went down a lot in that year. You guys know mortgages, they don't go down a whole lot. We went down a lot in debt and that's why you're going to see net earning. Now, if you say, does that mean we had negative 7,000 in the checking account? No. Remember the overage from 2018? 
we were able to use the overflow from year to year. You guys are getting a picture of one year. That does not mean that we were negative ever. Not one time. Amen. Not one time since my hands have been on the books have we even been close to negative. Not one time. Okay? So when I show you negative, I'm trying to show you a picture from the picture, not that we were actually negative. Make sense? Okay. So this is just another pretty picture of what all that looked like. In the end of Chase, we had only 20000 remember, because we had to use some money from 2018 to be able to help pay off the mortgage. Got it? All right. Uh, the comparisons, what all this is showing is, is that our giving went way up and our expenses went way up because we were dealing with debt reduction. Okay, 2018. What was happening? Here's what's really cool about our family. Whatever comes in, we administrate administ from the administration side, we match it. We don't keep operating the same way. So when uh, the giving had gone down, we, we would match that, if that makes sense. So a lot of what we do is depending on where things are at, we have to match. And I want you guys to hear that in the spirit because we're going to talk about that uh, afterwards. Uh, 2018, we sold our building. So it took a long time, but we got to the point where we're like, we are not chipping away at this and we are dwindling. Do we need 18,000 square feet? So we just decided, let's put it on the market. And Yahweh just completely just within a month blew through that. It took us a while as a family to get on the same page. I will tell you right now, we did not sell that body without 100 that body, that building without 100% agreement with the body. We would have blueprint meetings. We would invite the whole body. We would talk about it on Sunday. We never did anything behind the scenes. It was prayer, fasting, talking over and over. As a family, what do we want to do with this asset that we've had? And, th and that was a decision that was made. So we sell it. Wait, wait. Side note testimony. Our commercial realtor said the most you will get is $1.7 for this building. And I said, you need to up it by a million. And we argued about it because of the value that I knew was in the building. And we find, I should have I stuck to my guns. But at the end of the day, I said, you're the professional. Showed her the respect that she deserves in her, in her profession. I said, just post it for $700,000 more than what you're saying. And the worst that could happen is nobody buys it. And within three weeks, we had a full price offer for 2.5 million. 700,000 over. Again, just ask, and it's your voice. Not about because of needing more money, but about being able to know what the value was, doing the research, knowing the market. He had been in the, pro in the property area. You know, you've got to navigate those things when you're, when you're dealing uh, with that type of stuff. Understanding that it's zoned a certain way. You could tear down the building, put up apartments. Understanding what the market was, what people were needing and wanting. All of that went into that. All right, so we basically paid off all debt in the sense that we had no more mortgage, and we also began to move in and started to evaluate what we needed to do in this building. That was 2018. We also established another salary, and I started to get paid. And that was a big deal because, you know, we just don't pay the wife. <laughs> but I was the C CFO and, like, doing... Well, you get a partner, you get two. You're not getting, does it? Anyways, so that was in 2018. Can I just say this boldly? And it's taken me a long time to get bold. What as a family you decided to do was instead of putting money into a building, we want to put money in you. Yeah. 
And in doing that, we were able to catapult, and you're going to see it with the numbers from 2018 to now, what has manifested by that investment. That's what I mean by trading. Trading into legacy versus for our own gain. What was that building doing? It looked very pretty and a lot of people wanted what we had because it was right in the center of town and we looked awesome. But inside just wasn't awesome, right? I'm not after looking awesome. I'll stay tucked, hide it away in Sunnyside and, and have the biggest, baddest family that knows how to operate in kingdom principles. Why? Because I'll take a little property so that you can own a lot of property because I'd rather disperse sons and daughters who own all of Flagstaff than owning one part of Flagstaff with one name on it and one face on it. So that's why you invest in my salary, because I will lay down so that you can go farther. And that took trust to be able to know that I would do it and not operate in the old church age where I would then do the very thing that you knew would happen. Okay? Okay. Amen? All right, so let's go over some numbers. Um, What happened there? (laughs) That really sucked for me in that time. No, you know what I think happened right there? We, we bought a building, we went out of debt, and I think everybody was like, oh, we don't have to give, we don't have to give anymore. Well, that's what I'm saying. Maybe, I don't know, it's no, just a theory. No, but that's what know. I'm saying spiritually. It's, remember in 2017, unity, let's pay this off. Yes, unity, let's pay mom. We don't have a building, we're good. <laughs> Giving went down, but look at what we did. Giving went down, well then we're gonna adjust. Expenses went way down. You don't have money for pizza? Then we don't have pizza. Yep. Whoa, look at that. No more debt. Again, that just adjusts for the numbers that you can see. There was still an overflow from the years before that never meant actually negative. That's just a picture of 2018. Okay. This just shows the same thing. This is, uh, shows the same thing, but the other numbers were yearly. This is weekly. So you guys can kind of just get a picture. Nothing's really changed. Income's about 3,100, uh, maybe it has. Expenses, we'll get there. All right, at the end of Chase, $82,000. Why? Because we sold the building and there was a little bit of a, um, what do you call that, down payment? I don't know. After all the calculations from the title company, there was a check that was given to us, and so we put it right into the savings account. It stayed in the savings account, so that's why you're you're seeing 82,000. Again, you don't really see a whole lot of difference. What came out of that was about 50 grand. If you guys remember 2017, we ended with 30 grand. Check for 50 grand, we're at 80 grand. Make sense? It's real. That is a real number. That is a picture at the end of 2018. Our literal Chase account said that, and the books, our amazing bookkeeper, Linda, can verify it's all real and it all matches up and we reconcile every month and we sign off on it and it all is there. <laughs> Amen? Weekly, weekly breakdown. Just like we said, giving went way down. Expenses also went way down. Awesome. All right, 2019. You guys just saw this in March. Not going to spend a whole lot of time on it. What was happening? We began to try to get accredited. We applied. You guys want to know what it costs to apply? $6,000? Between CPA, $6,000? It costs, we chose to spend $6,000 to have outside eyes watch our every move. Who does that? In 
the history of our ministry, which is 74 years old, never once has a CPA financially looked at it, paid for them to say, this is what you're doing wrong or right, fix this bookkeeper, do this, do that. We pay for an annual review, CPA comes in, fine comb tooths us, and you wanna know what they said? I wish we could read it, stamped it, basically you're amazing. I have what they said. Read it. Actually, wait a second. They'll be reading something mm. we're not supposed to say. Maybe I left that note at home. Why he's finding that, they basically said, you're awesome. Make a couple of adjustments on the bookkeeping side that had to do with some other things. Oh, here it is. All right. This is what the CPA said. He said, Kingdom Heirs manages their liquid assets in three ways. One, operating in a prudent range of financial soundness and stability. Two, maintaining adequate liquidity to fund short-term operating needs. Three, maintaining sufficient reserves to assure long-term obligations are met. And as part of our liquidity management plan in excess of daily requirements, uh, we invest in savings. That's what the CPA said after going over all of our stuff. Yes! CPA approved that we purchased and bought for. Amen. So, ECFA accreditation, let's say it again. ECFA accredited, accreditation basically has, and we'll go through it if we have time. If not, we can pick this up maybe. But uh, basically, they have a long list of requirements. Not CPA. I'm talking about ECFA. For you to say that you have an ECA stamp for people to donate to you, you have to abide by a million rules. You have to pay for it annually. So there's a cost to it. And we had, it took us almost a year to apply. Okay? Integrity. And 2,400 organizations, not churches, organizations are approved by ECFA globally. 2,400. Let me put it into perspective. There's one in Flagstaff. There's only 22 in Arizona. 22 in the state of Arizona organizations. And we're one of them that allows somebody to come in and say they are going to abide by these rules. That basically is saying it's good ground. You're trading against Lucifer if you trade with this family. Yeah. Because they stand for what? Not because they got a lot of money, but a lot of strategy and a lot of integrity and a lot of diligence. Okay. So we basically did a couple of cool things. We closed down Chase because it was too commercial. We opened up with Foothills, amazing Christian uh, uh, bank, and uh, had greater rates. We get 1% on our savings, which is amazing. All right, so we did that in 2019. Let's go a uh, couple of cool things the board did. Oh, well, we're kind of like running with the big guys. So we should probably get a budget structure together versus just trying to figure this stuff out. So what we did as a board is we began to come up with a uh, financial structure of how we want to operate moving forward. We have laid the foundation in 2019 to be able to function with the millions that are coming. Okay? Because all of a sudden when money shows up, you better know what to do with it. You can't be like, oops. So what we did was is we decided we want to have an emergency reserve. Do you guys want to know what our goals are for emergency reserve? Somebody tell, me, somebody tell me what you think our board said what we should have in the savings account.
Oh, well, that's awesome. Sorry, Ellen. <laughs> I'm going to trade into a million and a hundred thousand, but pretty close, about 80,000. 80,000 is what we decided we just want to have in case something crazy happens that we would have a certain amount of months to live. That's our emergency reserve. Guess what? We have that. We've accumulated that. We have an emergency reserve that's $80,000. We made a goal. We wrote it down and the vision came. Okay. Building and ministry, basically what that is, is what I call buckets. Everybody hates that word. I love buckets. I like it when you have, uh, Linda's laughing at me, I like buckets. It's the old Dave Ramsey envelope system. If it's in the envelope, you can have it. If it's not, sorry. So we decided to build a structure to where we could start filling up some buckets moving forward. So we obviously have a building and we have ministry. And then we decided as a family, huh, we should probably invest. Isn't that what normal families do? Why wouldn't this family? I'm talking long-term goal investments. Can I say something as cool as we meet with uh, benefit and financial strategies? We actually use them personally. If you guys want to meet with a financial advisor, Mike Sherwood, he's amazing. We've met with him. This is the type of stuff we talk to him about. Do you want to benefit the legacies and put away money that you never touch that would go away for at least 100 years? Those are the investments we're talking about. We're putting money away that we will never touch for 100 years so that our next generations, 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 generations continue to walk in the new era and never have to reverse what we had to walk out of. It's not just short-term investments. Oh man, we need a lot of money in five years. Do we have short-term goals? Absolutely. But I've got long-term goals that do not benefit me. As a family, we have long-term goals that I will never see because the generations after me will. We have money set aside that the next generations are going to have to steward. Because yeah. it's in their name and I'm not going to be around. It's a whole lot of fun when you start messing around going, I'm going to leave my kids millions and they have no idea it's coming. Now you do. Okay. Okay. So we settled into a budget. We, we, we began investing at the end of 2019. Weird. I don't know why. Do we honor the church age? Let me ask it a different. Did we honor the church age? Now the new era, it's like, I think we're pretty good. Could, could we honor the new era? Do you see kind of a trend of what's happening? Okay, so our giving went down, but guess what? We matched it again. That's a good thing, okay? All right, debt still zero again. Net at the end of 2019, which just was in December. Uh, again, negative 4,000. Uh, it's about $100 a week where it's like this ebb and flow type thing going on here. Pretty much it's the same. And again, still using from the amount that was in checking. I'm not talking about savings. The amount that was in checking from what, 2017? Uh, the overflow from that is what has kept us afloat, if you will. But we're trying. When giving goes down, we try to get the expenses to go down. But I'm wanting to show you a picture that in the last two years, we have made crazy kingdom strides. And yet, we're like, eh. okay? All right. Like I said, weekly, it's about $100 where it's like this. Eh. Make sense? Okay. All right. 
Now, the reason why you're seeing this low is because we put a fat check into expenses. Uh, in expenses. We put a fat check paying off the expenses. No, we wrote a fat check for our investments. We started investing technically in 2019, and we basically invested $100,000. And so that's why you saw the $80,000, $50,000 went straight into investments at the end of 2019. So the reason why you see that, again, savings has never been touched to operate uh, through operations. Savings is savings, it's never been touched, but we did write a check when we started to invest. Make sense? Okay. All right, weekly breakdown, you guys already saw this. Again, look at that. We keep matching where we're at. That is a beautiful thing that you can trust leadership to do that. The question is, should we? The question is, should we have to? Or what can we do if we're gonna match? That's the question I want you to think about. All right, let's keep going. This just shows a pretty picture. We, again, that ebb and flow checking was pretty low. Savings, we had just written a fat check to uh, investments. We invested 100,000. Now remember, we sold the building, but they owed a note. We didn't just get $2.5 million. If you guys remember, we sold the building. We purchased this building for a million. 1.5 was still owed. We were their lender over two years. They were supposed to be paying us monthly and they did. Remember the structures I talked to you guys about? what we've been doing with that monthly paycheck. I want you guys to know this, is this good? When that monthly $6,300 comes in, that is not in those numbers. We are not using that money as our income. That money that has come in has immediately been dispersed into the buckets. It was an initial structure for when the million comes, it was an initial structure for us to get used to what to do with that. So basically monthly they owed us $6,300 and every month we would disperse it into emergency reserve investments and ministry buckets. That's why we've hit our 80 grand mark in emergency. So the money that we've gotten from HBC up until this point, not one dime of it has been spent, not one dime. It is Now the plan was to use it. The plan was to use it to get us afloat. Because remember in 2017, it was getting pretty scary. We have not one time used that monthly payment to pay anything. We as a family have functioned fully within ourselves through him. Amen? Okay, so I just want you guys to know that number does not include, meaning the building is not showing here. That's all I'm saying. All right, July of 2020, you're like, but we're past July. They couldn't make the payment. So we had to do an extension. So we are in the middle of an extension and they're still doing the $6,300 a month, but the balloon payment has not come in, but it is owed this year, okay? Keep going. All right, so now this technically is our financial meeting for tonight. Are you guys still doing okay? I know it's 820, okay. So this is, the, this is the, the new year. It's really only six months of new information. But the reason why we're doing this is because you will not get another, you will not be hearing from me financially until August of 2021. And so we are changing to a fiscal year and we want you to be able to see this. So basically 2020, we took that structure from 2019 and we decided to continue to function in that structure. So every single month since January, 2020, we have been investing every single month. Wait till you guys see our investments. All right, so we sustained the financial structure. What a concept. We built a foundation and actually built on it. We continue to make our building a home. We got the logo. We got some paint done, right? It's only temporary, but it's nice when you're here to make it feel like home, amen? So we've done a couple of things. Apostle Justin's been working hard on electricals so that our 
people could be safe. It's taking forever, but we've got city codes and it's just craziness. But we're, uh, we're doing our due diligence to make this a home. And then guess what? We got approved. Basically a six-year process of becoming one in 2,400 organizations officially got approved. Show them the plaque, please. Pass it around, take a look at it. There is a prophetic flow as you touch this that says you walk with integrity. As you hold that, your bloodline says that I walk with integrity, full transparency, order, diligent strategy, and I submit to Yahweh, amen? So we became an ECFA accredited and that is an amazing thing. I suggest you get loud in this family and you blast. You want to give, you want to sow, you want to trade. I'm telling you, give to this family because this family is going to change some bloodlines. Right? Not build buildings. Not pay for the band-aids. We're going to get at some root level stuff. We're going to get rid of sex trafficking. We're going to deal with domestic violence. We're going to change some bloodlines. It's big stuff. Amen? All right. Let me ask you guys this. How much money do you think a little girl who's being sex trafficked cost? We're going to need some money. And it's not going to go into a building. Okay? That's what I mean by getting bold about why we trade into a bloodline that's after the root level. And it's going to look awkward because it's gonna look like, but you're not doing anything. What are you doing? You don't look like the church. You don't have a big building. You're not up, you don't have that yearly conference you've been putting on. You don't have the big programs. It's gonna take a while, it's gonna take time. How many members, how many new members did you get this week? Are you growing? 20. No. In stature, yes because I'm not after numbers. I'm after big people. Amen? Okay. ECFA, I don't think we've got time to go through this. Are we okay to skip it? I, if we can go through it really quick, just really, it, it basically it's, uh, I, I really want to give you the freedom to talk about this though. Just So basically ECFA has seven standards of excellence, basically seven criteria that they review for your organization every year. And it has to do with uh, doctrinal issue, issues, board governance, financial oversight, use of resources, compliance with laws, transparency, compensation setting, truthfulness and communication, giver expectations, acting in the best interest of givers. Truthfulness, communications. You have to abide by all of these things and you have to be reviewed by basically two independent agents, which is a CPA and the ECFA itself. And you have to pay everybody to do that. <laughs> Financial oversight, using of resources, a compliance, a compliance with laws, transparency, uh, compensation setting. You want to know what that's saying? It's saying that we don't operate off of a percentage. If I was to tell ECFA I get paid based on what we get, then what that would mean is, is that you would become a man pleaser and then you would get paid more. So it's a set salary regardless of what happens. That's one of their rules. That's the integrity of eliminating. I thought it would be the other way around because I'm all into this matching thing, right? I'm the first one to be like, well, if we don't have it, just ECFA says, no, you can't do that because then you'll start to abide by man-pleasing and you will then obtain more finances. So you've got, you've got to flow in both directions. Truthfulness and communication. Is this not, a, is this a marriage class? 
Come on. But come on. If we're operating in the fullness of our marriage as a mom and a dad, you get access to this even in your finances, even in your communications. You want to have some truth and integrity in your home? This is what this is what the seal is saying we have. Look, okay? if somebody comes to Flagstaff with $2 million to develop family or, or multiply DNA, and they say, who can I give $2 million to? Can you go back to the last one real quick? Mm-hmm. This ECFA is, a, is standing behind Kingdom Heirs saying, Kingdom Heirs, if you give them $2 million in charitable gifts, they're going to represent everything factually, currently, completely, accurately. They're going to tell you everything, and there's going to be no omissions or misunderstandings. That's what it's saying. So when we <laughs> step out in this new era and we start building the way Yeshua has prepared us, People are going to say, you know what? I know exactly what's going to happen when I give you my charitable gift. Right? That's huge. That's the giver expectations and intent. You want to know what that says? When you sow, when you trade, you know exactly where it went. Okay? Uh, Acting in the best interest of givers. We do things as a family. Percentage compensation. That's what I was talking about. All right, numbers. How did we do? So here's our year end as of July, meaning last month. This is fresh off the press. Okay? Total income. What the heck? It is less down. We're pretty amazing, I have to say. Come on. We're, talk about the foundation of no pizza. I'm like so happy we fought over that. Because this is what we get. We're down, but we matched it. Amen. All right, again, so at the end of the fiscal year, again, it's a picture of some things that were going on that has to do with that overflow still. What this is basically showing is an accumulation of that kind of rough ebb and flow for the last two years. Best way to explain it is from 2018 to 2020, we've been pretty good. Let me say it this way, complacent. We're doing fine. We're okay. So that's 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 all that we're seeing there. Make sense? Okay, this is just showing on a weekly. So remember when I said it's about the same? So it's not really because we've gone down. So our income is about that right now. Weekly is about 2,500 average. Sometimes it's 500. And then sometimes it's like 3,000. And so there's that ebb and flow. This is an average. Expenses are around 2,700. And so we've got this net of 200. The, the reality of that, though, is, again, we have never had to use savings. So even though it's saying that the net is that, there's like this, I don't know how to explain it. It's like there's this ebb and flow because there's never it's a time. It's not the same as on paper. Yeah, your paper says one thing, but I am saying, and bookkeeper and ECFA and the CPA, never once have we dipped below anything or had to pull from savings. It's gotten scary a couple of weeks, but we, but, uh, but we never have had to do that. All right, so we're at Foothills Bank. In the bank as of uh, the end of July, uh, 55,000. A lot of that has to do with a couple things. I don't want to totally get into it. When you say investments, we don't see that anymore because we gave it to Mike. So you're not seeing that, but you're also seeing a little bit of a bigger increase because some of our emergency reserve is going into savings. Those buckets I talked about, they're all in savings. So that's the number that you're seeing, but you're not seeing all of our savings because we have a very aggressive board and a lot of money is in our investments. 
I'm the most conservative one. <laughs> so I'm just saying. All right. You guys already saw that? There we were. So that's what our checking account says. So our checking account has about $6,500 in it. That's that ebb and flow. It's never negative. And we have $55,000 in savings, which is the accumulation of those buckets I was talking about. But the investment bucket's not showing because it's off with Mike. Make sense? And we're going to show you the investments. I really hope we're still incurring the $6,300. we have invested $121,000. All right, investment portfolio. We are not going to go through all this. Basically, we've got a really cool way of investing to make sure that things are secure. Gabe did an awesome job. We'll come back to it. Here's what we started in October. The total amount that was inve invested in our aggressive account. Let me say it that way. We have two accounts. We have an aggressive account. That basically means get at it. We're going to make a lot of money and lose a lot of money. Okay? We also have a really cool conservative account that basically says you're not going to make anything, but you're probably not going to lose anything. Make sense? All right. We have both things going on because we're strategic. This is what we put into our aggressive account. This is what we put in our non-aggressive account, our conservative account. All right, here's where we are. Whoa! Our aggressive account went from 57 to 87. That means in the course of about seven months, we've made $30,000. So instead of pouring money into debt, we make 30,000 by doing nothing. Talk about the season of rest. Talk about the new era. Talk about sitting on your butt doing strategies. You know what I mean? Resting. Not the church age where you're sitting on your butt doing a lot of work, but really sitting on your butt. Now you're actually sitting on your butt in a season of rest, and all of a sudden we just made $30,000 and literally did nothing. Maybe not nothing for the board. There's a little bit of button pushing. I do have to send an email to Mike, and, Mike, and uh, Linda's got to transfer some money in. There we go. All right, and then our ladder bond made $300. Three $300, that's amazing. Here's what's gonna be really cool, which you're probably gonna see next year. In pro yeah, this is all profit. This is not what we put in. This is just in profit. What you guys are gonna see is that is really gonna be beneficial this next year. According to the market, they are expecting a pretty, uh, pretty low dip, but they've been expecting a low dip, and we've made, you guys, our rate of return is 5.7%. In a pandemic! In a pandemic that says you're going to fail, we have made 5.7%. Isn't that amazing? Now, granted, we don't have access to that money because it's not for you. And it's not for me, but it's for legacy and it's for our kid. I'm not saying we can't have access to that money. I'm just saying it's for the long term. This isn't something that we're going to touch. So when I'm talking about the ebb and flow of weekly, I'm not talking about this money because we're not going to be like, oops, bad week. Let's pull. We don't do that in this family. Make sense? Okay. This is just a really pretty graph. All I want you to see here is, whoa, that's a lot of debt. Then we kind of like evened out. Then we had no debt and we've just been stable. That's all this is showing, okay? All right, some final thoughts. I actually wanna read this from one of our board members that I was asking about matching. Overall expenses and income are both down. Good for expenses because that means as a family we're able to do the same things with less money. 
our income giving is down by about $200 weekly, what opportunities do we as a family have to make up that difference? We have shown that we can decrease our expenses from an administrative end. As a family, how can we make up the incoming difference? What opportunities do we have to allow Yahweh to stretch our personal finances and give more? Have you received a raise and forgot to increase your giving? Are you giving in faith for your next increase? We would love to see Yahweh increase as we are activated in faith. I thought that that was a powerful message because I hadn't even seen it that way. I had been operating, we're awesome because we just keep matching. And that letter to me pressed me to be able to express if we match, what would happen if we could match? We keep matching in the negative, but what if we could match in the abundance? What would happen if there was an abundance, and there is, I'm not saying that there's not, but there's some things he wants us to do in this prophetic season of what's to come and what we're going to own moving forward in the new era. Because we owned it in the church era, and now we need to own it in the new era. Amen? So that's all this is uh, talking about. Um, Basically, all this was saying was that giving is down, which is not sustainable for growth. It is sustainable if we stay where we're at, which is awesome, but it's not sustainable for growth, and we know that we're supposed to grow. Amen? Amen. Okay. Welcome to the new era. That was the financial meeting. Amen? Okay. We are going to release live. I understand we're a little bit late. Kendra's got a question. Go for it. Well, the fiscal, it's supposed to be 2020. Our fiscal year obviously started over. It is supposed, it was supposed to be July. We gave them an extension till September. And so, but we'll, but we're seeing. Yep. It is intended to be, yes. And I just want to sew in because you use your voice and asked a question because that shows ownership that you know what's coming. Amen. Does anybody, really quick, I I just need 10 minutes of your time. If somebody could text Sally and Derek if they're okay. I need about maybe 10, 10, 15 minutes. Um, Does anybody have any just like pressing questions? I want you guys to know that you have permission to ask. We are always an open door. I do not want to wait till next, next August for you to have to ask questions. But I understand we're in the middle of it. You may not think about it again. Is there anything that, go ahead. Let me repeat your question. Let me actually repeat Kendra's question just for those who are on live or on podcast. The question was, was when are we expected to get the balloon payment? The plan is, is by the end of 2020. Uh, Dan's question is, uh, when we say down, what does that mean? Is that accumulative? We just keep going down. That is just based on a pictorial year from the year previous. So 8% means 8% down just from the year before. So it is not cumulative. So like... uh, So when we matched it, so like, for example, if it was down 25%, that's just comparing the year before. That's not comparing three years before. It's just by the year. So when we say 8%, it's not like it went down 25, then it went down another, and then it went down another. It's just went down 8% for where we were at. What it is showing you, though, is that we keep going down. So, so, you know, we just keep matching from the year before, but it is not cumulative. Does that answer your question? Okay. Any other questions? Go ahead.
Uh, yes. Yep. Uh, budget cuts, it could be expenses. It's as simple as uh, let's try to go to um, a Pride versus Mission Linen. Uh, what can we do with CenturyLink versus SuddenLink? It's just kind of taking care of those uh, little things. Never once have we matched in salaries. Never once. Nope. Never once have we touched salaries. My personal opinion, I'm not saying that it's right or wrong. My personal opinion is Linda is first. Linda's our bookkeeper. That's just been my mindset. But it has never been an issue to where we've ever had to deal with salary cuts at all. That being said, there's no raises. I mean, I'm just, yes. It's, it's just, it's consistent. Yes, Gabe. Ten dollars are good. Okay. Any other like questions right now? Does that make sense when I talk about matching and the press on this family? Not because we need more money. I hope that we have shown a picture that we are not in need of money to sustain, but we are wanting to operate in the prophetic flow of what's to come to grow because we want to start to implement some things moving forward in the new era of the things that I was talking about. How do we get at things at a root level? What does that look like if we're not program-based, but we're, but we're uh, getting, at, getting at other things? What does that look like to build up people and not buildings? What does that look like? Amen? Amen? But we've got a structure until we get there. We have a structure to sustain it to be able to move forward. Yeah, we had, we had a lot more to kind of speak to that where we're going, but we're obviously running out of time. So did we, uh, did we release live? Or we have not released live. Okay. Live, uh, Facebook Live, I appreciate you tuning in. I hope that you gained something in the spirit by hearing our voices, getting some kingdom principles and being able to release some things in the atmosphere, even though you weren't able to see the actual numbers. I hope that this is history in the making. If I could be as bold as to say this isn't about just Facebook Live because it's Friday night, this is about a strategy from any family who wants to move from church era to new era. Any family that wants to get out of where they've been to go where they're going, where those creative provisional finances uh, and provision can come in along with truthfulness and communication in your marriage and in your relationship. I'm talking the whole spectrum of things. If you want to get out of a program and you want to get into relationship, this is going to be a part of it. And that is why we chose to go live because people are going to begin to ask, how are you a city on a hill that is not hidden and you are shining your light? How did you get there? What was your plan? Not what was your plan, but how, what was your path? How did you do this? This is going to be in a book someday. Amen? So we appreciate you live being a part of our history making. Yes, so into that. <laughs> and podcasts, if you're listening, we so appreciate because uh, we are making history. So we say goodbye to you and we bless you in the name of Yeshua. We're good? All right, now that live is done, are you guys ready for the big announcement? Wait, before you get to that, we had, there, there was a, one of the slides was wrong. I actually just realized that. Let me go back. One of the slides, um, you had. Slipping, Gabe. You I'm had. Just kidding. <laughs> you had one of the slides wrong. <laughs> hey, that's some growth for Gabe to say that. Just kidding, Gabe. All right. Okay. Is this that isn't it? necessarily wrong. Do you want to write down what? Yeah. 
Okay, while here's, she's... Here's the... Uh, here's while the, she's uh, fixing that, just for the sake of being thorough, we got this letter uh, August 25th, so three days ago from Pioneer Title. It says, Grace Fellowship Full Gospel Church. How many of you guys know we're still Grace Fellowship? We're doing business as kingdom heirs, okay? It's addressed Keep to reading. me. Read Harvest fast. Bible Chapel Flagstaff. Dear customer, the above account has been paid in full. <laughs> so Balloon payment came in. We're tricking you. You didn't, there was nothing wrong. We're just trying to surprise you guys. The balloon so the, payment came in. We're not waiting. So that slide should say one million six seven thousand six hundred and fifty-four. <laughs> yes! Kingdom Mayor's Flagstaff is officially a millionaire. Well, a couple millionaires. Okay. Now here's the thing. Here's what's so exciting. So technically, that this is under savings. Checking is actually ten thousand. As of today, checking's ten thousand, and I I emailed Mike, so we got a payment going into Mike. So it'll be about eight thousand. It's ten. Okay. Um. So this isn't wrong. This was the end of July. I'm just giving you a picture of today that this is what is actually in our savings and our checking is about 10 grand. So when we talk about that ebb and flow, we're not really at that ebb and flow because now we're at 10 grand instead of six. Okay, here's the thing. While this is exciting, can I release by the spirit what's happening? What he just said is that we are, if you guys noticed on that plaque, it said Grace Fellowship Full Gospel Church. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We were Grace Fellowship Full Gospel Church, DBA Kingdom Heirs. We could not change, we could not change our name because this was still a part of our history. We were carrying the note and it would have made it too confusing to change your name in the middle of a loan. So we had to wait for the balloon payment to be able to move forward in the new era. And the balloon payment is here. Not because we have a million dollars, am I excited? But our name can change. We do not have to be Grace Fellowship Full Gospel Church doing business as, but we can be kingdom heirs. Woo! We get to own our name. Here's the thing. If we were a family that said, well, we can't be kingdom heirs, so I guess we'll just keep putting Grace Fellowship Full Gospel Church on the logo. We walked in a prophetic act saying we are heirs of the kingdom. No matter what name you carry on earth, no matter what past or identity that is on you this day, no matter what your inheritance says, no matter what your parents put on you, no matter what debt you have, no matter what you carry, you walk in the prophetic and you say I am an heir of the kingdom and I will put my new name on a logo no matter what my paperwork says because one day that paperwork will match what I walk in come on we did not wait for this day we did not wait for this day we owned kingdom heirs we changed our bank name we changed our checks we changed our live we changed our Facebook but technically we weren't supposed to we, I mean, we were legally allowed to. We were a DBA. We did it all legally. We have a name. It is a DBA. But everything legal has to have our original name because we're a DBA. 
we don't have to be anymore. We are technically, as of tonight, technically three days ago, <laughs> three days ago this happened right before this was already planned to say we are officially tied from the old, released from the church age, and we get to move forward into the new era for all that is to come, to be heirs of the kingdom on a global scale. In fact, I prophetically say we are not Kingdom Heirs Flagstaff, but we are Kingdom Heirs International, and that will be the name that we change because we are a global family that will reach the end of the earth, not just Flagstaff. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> I just kind of said that. Amen? And the only reason why I said goodbye to live is because I just, I don't know. That probably should have been on live. <laughs> yes. I wanted to be able to honor we gotta that. We got to celebrate this intimately, not yes, before there. we. And I want to honor that when we are so celebra celebratory over our old and being released into the new, it is not because we're dishonoring where we've come from. It is because he's saying it's time to launch from where you've come from. It's time to only carry what you need to move forward. What happens to us is we say, but we want everything from our past to come with us. And it can't, not because it was bad, but it's not going to do anything for you in the new era. So I don't want anybody who doesn't know my heart to hear what I'm saying, thinking that we're celebrating because we're just like, yeah. Does that, does that make sense? But as a family, you guys understand what we've all walked through to be able to celebrate that intimately, absolutely share with friends and family, get the word out, and eventually we are going to begin to release that that's happening. Amen? Yeah, and we don't, we don't personally, a million dollars is just, it's just uh, God's giving us more tools, more resources, greater assets. It isn't, it is, we're not excited about that in and of itself. It just gives us, more resources that he's he's granting us to steward because we own the debt we own the debt just as much as yes. we own this amen we have authority to own this because we weren't afraid to own when it was a mess and this family that has pressed through you chose to own the mess when others said well, this is going to be a lot of work i'm not down for that okay this family said, I'll take the mess, I'll own the mess, I'll make it mine, I'll die in the mess because in my death then resurrection can come because through me, with him in me, it has to end with me. So there's that level of ownership, there's that level of stewardship that's going to feel like it costs you everything. But in me, it may die and it may, in me, it may live. Amen. So the more you own in the junk, the more you own in the abundance. And that's what this family has done. And so you guys, uh, there's a huge part of this that we all get to celebrate as we have all stuck it out in family, right? Not just with finances, but in truthful communication, in that type of stuff, in integrity, in honor, in ownership, in giving, in costing, in offense, in right? Everything that our family's gone through, this is all, finances just flows. Amen. Best financial meeting ever, <laughs> which was not necessarily planned, but I think it is amazing that we were absolutely released as of tonight as a family. You have permission to be completely unchained from the past and completely released into everything that he has for us moving forward, which is inheritance, legacy, provision, abundance, 
miracles upon miracles upon miracles are going to begin to flow because of the frequency that we're carrying. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Kingdom Heirs International. If you have received insight and revelation with this message, we invite you to claim that revelation by trading on the trading floor with this ministry. You can do that at kingdomairsflag.org. Thank you.